you are about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Pastor Eddie Montgomery Jr. preaches a message entitled, Refresh Me, Lord. Stay tuned. Amen, amen. You can be seated, amen. We thank God for everybody that's in the building, amen. We thank God for you. Thank God for our visitors, amen. Let's give them a hand, amen. Amen. Thank God for you as well, amen. And we're going to go right into the word, amen. I, 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 I was praying and I said, well, God, what would you have me to say, amen. We know we back, this is the first day back into the new Refresh Bill, and I say we're still working on it, amen. We still got somewhere to go, but we're getting there, amen. Amen, amen. And um, I was saying that it is something because the time that we've been away, amen, I'll begin to reflect and I say, my gosh, it's been almost two and a half, three years since the pandemic, since people start, you know, the, the churches start. Um, not being open and everybody started doing virtual. So we was doing virtual as, as well, amen. But the time that we have been from this building has been a couple of months, amen. So I, I thank God and I say, man, it's, it's something when you away from the saints. It, it's something when you away from the saints and it's something when you uh, either at home or wherever, what have you, wherever you at, and you have to walk out this salvation, amen. And you don't have your fellow brothers and sisters to see all the time. You, you get you get kind of you get kind of you know you miss them, amen. So to see everybody in the building, I definitely definitely. So I, 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 it, it does my heart glad. We thank God, amen. Even for the ones in social media land, amen. We know that we have some some of the online members, amen. That's even from the Philippines, amen. That's watching. We thank God for you as well that's watching in the Philippines. And, and we're going to go right into Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12. And it reads, it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have also always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labor in vain. Amen. The main scripture, the main verse that I want to come from is where it says that for in verse 13, it says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure to will and to do of his good pleasure for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do 
Amen. And here we see that we have Paul. He's talking to the Philippian, um, the, ch the church of Philippi, talking to the Philippian church. And when he was telling them, he says that, beloved, and that's what I love. He, 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 he salute them with a beloved, beloved, meaning my friend, my, my beloved friend, my dear friend. As ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only. So what he means by that, he's saying that when he was with them, he gave them the what it looks like to be a Christian. He taught them. He preached to them. He introduced them to the Messiah. He gave them revelation of who Jesus is. And because he did that, what happened, they took it and they ran with it. They began to understand what Jesus is in their life. So when we look at that, he says, not only in my presence, but you guys took it even a step further in my absence. You didn't just stop because I was gone and you just let your religion or your, your, your uh, faith just diminished, but you kept it going. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, we know that when he's talking to them, he's saying, work it out. Now, to work out means to do something. Once you give your life to Christ, once you accept him as your Lord and Savior, that's not it. That's not that's not it. You're just not going to say, well, I'm saved now, and I'm just going to relax until Jesus comes back. It doesn't work that way. Uh, he, he wants you to enjoy the benefits of being a Christian. He wants you to enjoy the benefits of being Christ-like. So he tells them, he says, this life, it takes work. It takes work. And the thing that I love about it he says, you can't be worried about everybody else. You have to focus on yourself. Now, I, I don't know about you, but it's something when you have to focus on how can I keep me happy versus trying to please everybody else and keep everybody else happy. It's, it's, it hits different when you got everybody else pulling on you, but you, you drain and you tapped out. He says that I don't want you to be like that, fellow Christians. I want you to know how to work out your own salvations with fear and trembling. Now, what he mean by fear and trembling, he's not, he's not talking about being scared into living a saved life. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about with fear, reverence. When you, fear means to reverence, to if you have the fear of God in you, you're going to do everything that you possibly can to please him because you reverence him. That's, that you, you don't want to disappoint him. When you understand what Christ did for you, you will have an appreciation of how if it had not been for God on my side, I don't know where I would be. It's the love of Jesus Christ 
that will make you reverence, that will make you want to serve him. Nobody don't have to force you to serve him once you know the impact and the and the, the things that he went through to save a person like you and I. It, it, it doesn't take that long to understand that when you are, are, are living a godly life that what God has done for you, it, 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 you get a reverence about him. You get a awe of him. You want to do the right thing. Now, this is what really got me. And I want to teach it. And if I get happy, I just get happy. But he says, I want you to work out the, the salvation, your own salvation. I want you to put it in action. I want you to learn about this this way. I want you to learn about the way of the saving grace. I want you to learn about how to be made whole. Salvation means in this in this text to be made whole. Not only just to be rescued from sin, but also to be made whole, to be made complete. I want you to work out knowing in your everyday life Day to day, on your job, on your in your house, in your in, in the schools, I want you to learn how to work out that salvation, to rely on being made whole, because that's what Christ died for. He died so that way we could be made complete. So when we do it, when we work out this completion, it means it takes action. It takes a process. It takes us learning how to do it. He says, but guess what? I don't, I didn't, I gave you, I already did it for you. I gave you an example. He says, my son, I sent, God sent his son to give us the example of how to work it out. He says, not only do you work out your salvation with fear or reverence, but also in trembling, meaning sensitive. I want you to be sensitive to the spirit of God. When you are a Christian, it is important, it is vital that you have, that you hear the heartbeat of God. That you have, that you are sensitive to what God is saying to the believers. What he is saying to you. You have to have a sensitivity to what God is doing. He said, I want you to learn that you got to be reverenced in God, you have to reverence him and you have to be sensitive to him. Because guess what? It is God that is working it in you. Amen. It's not you. Amen. This is the key that I want to bring out. He says, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do. Now, a lot of Christians, and a lot of us, especially in this day and age, our will has got depleted. A lot of us, our will has got, oh, the will has got dry. But he says, if you rely on yourself to try to will yourself into serving God, it won't work. Because one minute you're going to want to serve them, the next minute you're going to want to not serve them. Or you're going to feel like, oh, it's not, it's not with me. You know, God is not with me. He don't, no, no. He says, but when you understand it is God that's in you that is doing the work, you don't have to rely on yourself. See, as a believer, we have to know how to let go of ourselves. 
let go of our own thinking so that way we can then fully and completely rely and trust in God. When we rely and trust in God, what happens is it allows God to do his work in you. It, it allows God to do his pleasure in you because he knows you are sensitive to what God is wanting to do in the life of the believer. I come to tell you today that it is God that wants to do both. He wants you to have his will. He wants that will of yours, that drive. He wants that drive to be pumped up. And what, how do I get that drive in me, O'Shea? The way that I can get that drive in me is I have to let go and let God do what he wants in me. Ah, uh, don't you understand that God talks to us every single day? Every day that we wake up, God is saying something to us. Every day that we wake up, God is expecting us to carry this gospel, this message. He wants us to be a light in darkness. He wants us to be a living example of there is hope in a hopeless world. He wants us to understand that we are the children of the light. So when I give myself to God, I begin to say, God, whatever it is that is like you, I want you to bring it out of me. Whatever it is that is in you, God, I want you to let it flow through me. However you want to use me, God, I want to be available so that way I can be used. And when he does, when you do that, what happens, his will and his good pleasure, it, it begins to flow through your body. Woo, it begins to flow through your body. And, and, and see, this is how we separate ourselves from the people of darkness. Because see, when we begin to understand God has something for us to do while we are here, it brings us to a realization that I cannot just live my life any kind of way. I refuse to live my life how the world wants me to live it. I refuse to give up and, and say that, well, whatever they are saying, whatever the news is saying, then that's what it is. I refuse to go down that road because God promises. He told me how he want me to live. He gave me an example of how he want me to live. So why in the world should not I should not have that experience because of the fact that the word of God is true? I Paul began to say, if you do this stuff, don't do it with murmuring. Don't do it with complaining. Because that's how the people of the world, if it don't go my way or how I see it, then I'm going to complain and I'm going to murmur. But as a believer, you don't have to worry about complaining and murmuring because the word tells us the end before the beginning. He knows who we are before the beginning of the world. So he tells us the solution to every problem that we have. We have a hope that we have in Jesus. And as long as we begin to exercise our right in Jesus, then that makes us more than conquerors. Oh, God, have mercy. Uh, when I begin to think about that, he says, don't do it without complaining or murmuring, but I want you to do the will, and I want you to do it to my good pleasure. So then I begin to say, God, work in me. Lord, just work in me. 
Work in me. Work, work out whatever it is in me. God, work out whatever it is that you want to do in this earth. God, I, I need you to work it in me. How, how, whoever I need to contact, whoever I need to talk to, whoever I need to witness to, God, I want you to work in me. And when we get that type of, of motivation, that lets you know that God is doing the work. It's not about us. It's not about us. And our flesh, we could try to go so far. But when you begin to tap into what God will is, his spirit begins to, it's him that's working in you. So to, 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 to bring that to a practical moment, to, to, to bring that to realization, uh, have you ever played any type of sport? Uh, if somebody ever ran track and, and you know or played basketball or something like that or football and you know how you play and you have a fresh when you first play you have freshness you, you excited you got a lot of energy but then as the game go on you begin to get uh, weak you begin to get exhausted that's how the flesh is it begins to get exhausted when you are serving God if you're serving God in the way that you try to do it in your own strength you can start out strong in God but as you get to get further and further down the road, you begin to get exhausted. But there is, oh God, have mercy. He says, God is the one that's doing the work in me. So that means that I have God in me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, right. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. If you have God in you, what happens is, as you begin to run the race, your flesh might get exhausted. But guess what? God is like the little energizer bunny. His spirit keep going. Keep motivating. Keep him going. That's why uh, when, when you start doing the things of God, physically you can be tired. But once you start putting your hand to it, then you begin to get some boost of energy. In the game world and in the sports world, we call that a second win. Uh, have you ever been there? You've been playing basketball and, and then at the end of the game, they want to go another game and you say, uh, let me get my breath, let me get a second win. Then you start feeling your second win come. You start feeling a refreshing come. This is how it is when you are letting God do the work in you. You have a second win. You have a burst of energy. And that burst of energy is not depicted on your flesh. It will motivate and push your flesh when your flesh don't want to go. That's why the Bible says I got to learn how to keep my flesh up under subjection. I have to learn how to control my flesh and not let my flesh control me. Because when God is in me, he's the one that's doing the work. I got to be sensitive to the call of what God is telling me to do. So I have to learn how to be obedient to what God is saying. So thanks to God, I'm telling you today. We have to learn how to not bicker, not murmur, not complain. But God is calling us for such a time as this to be a light in the world. He is calling us for us to will and to do. Now that means action. Oh, don't you realize that it's up to us to try to turn 
and turn the economy. The economy is waiting on us. The, the world is waiting on us. People are waiting on us. Everybody is on their on the edge of their seats just waiting for a son or daughter of God to bring forth some revelation of what God is doing in this day and age. Don't you understand that Jesus is talking to you? Don't you understand that God is with you? And when you have that God on the inside of you, you have to learn how to allow him to do the work. Somebody scream, do the work in me. Do the work in me. I have to allow God to do the work in me. I can't. I can't just settle for just just the mediocrity. I can't just settle for this is it. This is not it. Because if this was it, then why did Jesus die? If all that you are experiencing now is all that God wants, why did he allow his son to die and tell you in his word that he gives us more abundantly? Woo, God have mercy. God wants more from the saints. It's the saints that has to come up to the, to the caliber of what God is calling us to. It's time out for us just sitting down waiting for a handout or waiting for something to happen. Sometimes you got to make something happen. And the way that you make it happen is if God is doing the work. Because God will do the work to make his good pleasure. It says his good pleasure. Now, when I understand his good pleasure, that means his will has to be be glorified. His will has to be magnified. So that means I, as an individual, have to tap into what God is doing right now. Oh my gosh, everybody looking around and looking all sad. And when I go to work, they looking all sad and scared and, and, and fearing and everything like that. And, and when I go into the, into the, and meet saints of God, they talking about this, talking about that. But nobody's talking about the awesomeness of God. Uh, nobody's talking about how God is moving by his power. Uh, but we, 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 we really, because I feel you, God. We really manifesting a lot of what the devil has put out in the world. But God says enough is enough. I need my saints. Woo, I need my saints to start magnifying what I put in them. That means to let me know that God's been talking to you. Why do you think he had everybody on a sabbatical where everybody was scattered? Oh, in the Bible days, when you think about the Bible, Think about it, think about it, think about it. In the Bible days, when the church, the early church, when they were scattered abroad, that's how the gospel began to spread even the more. Because they were scattered abroad. They was persecuted. And when they was persecuted, that's how they got stronger in God. That separated the wheat uh, from the tail. It separated the, the, the men from the boys. It separated the women from the girls because not everybody going to want to walk the walk when the pressure is on. But I come to tell you that God has given you more than enough. You have everything that you need to survive this race. You have everything in you that you need to make it. I come to tell you you have everything that you need 
Why look for another? Why look for something else? You have what it takes to be the awesomeness that God has put in you. Because uh, he said, I am the one that's doing the work. If we have God, and you keep telling me to say this, if we have God on the inside of us, uh, that's where the, that's that's where that's the problem. That's the problem. Let me let me let me break it down. And that's the problem. We don't realize we have God on the inside of us. A lot of people talk about the flesh. A lot of people want to address the flesh. A lot of people want to say, how can I make it as a Christian? How can I be strong as a Christian? How can I work in my ministry as a Christian? Ah, all of that is fine and good. All of that is fine and good. But if you don't understand God is in you doing the work, then you miss the whole piece of the puzzle. Because I have to understand the reality of an all-magnificent, all-present, all-knowing God being on the inside of me. Oh, God, have mercy. I, I still don't think nobody can. Do you get this in internet land? Because if you get, if you understand that the all-magnificent, all-magnificent, present, all-knowing, uh, uh, a God that knows everything, a God that is everything, a God that has everything. If all of that is wrapped up and it is now in me when I receive him by faith, oh God have mercy, by faith, by faith then I can then look at the world or look at situations or look at uh, my life differently because now I know that he is in control. I don't have to figure it out because he already worked it out. I don't have to question anything because he already has the answer. Only thing I need to do is tap into what's in me. Oh, God, have mercy. Uh, look at Moses. He told Moses. Moses came up with a lot of excuses. And that's what a lot of Christians are doing now. Coming up with a lot of excuses. A lot of people are coming up with excuses. And just like we, we doing the same thing that they did back in the Bible days. Uh, uh, Moses said, God, I can't, I can't speak right. I have a stutter. I, I st st stutter. I can't talk right. And, and God says, okay, I heard that excuse. And he said, but God, I, I, can't, I can't do this. I'm not eloquent of speech. He says, uh, okay, I heard that one too. And I got the answer to that too. He says, but then he began to say, Moses, what do you have? Look at your hand. What, what you got in your hand? He says, oh, I only have a staff. I only got a stick. Uh, see, he's looking at it from a flesh point of view. And we got a lot of believers that's looking at life from a flesh point of view. But I come to encourage you to look at it in the spirit. Uh, look at what you have. Oh, I don't I only have a stick. Uh, he says, <laughs> he says, you got a stick. He says, whatever you got, he says, use what you got. That stick, that stick that Moses had thought it was, God had meant that stick to be whatever it needed to be. Right. Oh, God, he says, just use what you got. Just put to action what you already have. Well, the Bible says that Moses says, okay, God, I'm going to use this stick. And, and the Bible began to say, Moses began to exercise what he had. How many believers in here is willing to exercise what you already have? Stop having a pity party. 
Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop trying to blame this person. Oh, if I, five years ago, if I would have did this, I would have been there. Or if I if, if I if I would have hooked up with this one, then I would have had that. Uh, stop looking at it like that. He says, what do you have right now? Use what you got right now. He says, I got a stick. He said, throw the stick down. Oh my gosh. He got the stick. Let me see that. He got the stick. He says, throw the stick down. So Moses began to throw the stick down. And when he threw the stick down in the flesh, he looked at it as it was a stick. Now, but in the spirit, God knew what he wanted to do through that stick. He threw the stick down and the stick became a snake. Oh my gosh. Now, 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 listen to this. When he threw the stick down, he turned to a snake. And then he says, now pick it up. And Moses, now, uh, now let me, let's be practical. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm on the camera. Uh, I forgot, I got to stay around the camera. If I had this stick, and I threw the stick down, and it, it, it turned into a snake. In some versions, it was like a king cobra snake. Now, he told him to pick, pick it up. Now, if this stick right now would have turned into a snake, half of everybody in the building would have ran out. And if God would have told me to pick up and tell somebody to pick it up, and you see it's a snake, some of us would have questioned, God, you're telling me to pick up a snake. The snake might bite me. But Moses says, after I have seen what I had in the flesh, I saw revelation in the spirit. I have to trust what God is saying because I know he won't harm me. He won't put no more on me than what I can bear. So Moses was able to pick it up. And when he picked it up because of his obedience, it turned back into a stick. He says, now what I come to tell you, every believer in here, he gave you something that he wants to turn from something that was physical to something that's spiritual. He's been talking to you for the long time, but you got to be obedient to what the Spirit is saying. And because you are obedient, when you look at it through the Spirit, it will deliver you from whatever it is you are in now. He said again, he says, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He says, I got a stick. He says, I want you... Moses was in a dilemma. He was trapped. The Red Sea was in front of him and Pharaoh was behind him. He says, use what you got. He says, oh Lord, the only thing I have is a stick. He says, use what you got. Lift that stick up. And when he lift the stick up, what happened? Something that was spiritual, oh my gosh, began to obey the God of the spirits. Oh, God have mercy. Because Moses knew what was in him. He was obeying that which was in him. To will and to do. 
he was able to lift that stick up and point the stick to the situation, uh, to the Red Sea, that which was physical. He pointed to the Red Sea and the Red Sea began to depart. It began to split because of the commandment of the stick, that which he had already had. He began to depart the Red Sea with his stick and then began to walk on dry ground. Something that was spiritual that could never happen physically. It happened because he was obedient to the one that was talking in him. Now, what more do we have? What more do we have? Because Moses, God talked with him. God talked to him. God talked to him and he talked with him. But guess what? We have a better revelation. Because when Christ died on the cross, now he says, I'm going to send the Holy Ghost that will live in you. So not only will Christ talk to you, but he will talk through you. Because he is housed on the inside of you. He's housed on the inside of you. So you don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. Because what God is doing, he is doing the work. Look at somebody and say, do the work, God. Do the work. Saints of God, we got to get to the point where we are doing the work. Because God is on the inside of us, he says, I want my glory to be manifest. How is people going to know the true and living God unless it's coming from you. Think about it. How is people going to know the true and living God unless God has some witnesses in the earth? Oh God, I can't. I got to let this go. I got to let it go. Because I want to be a witness of God. I want to, I want to, we, 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 we say it so, oh, I'm a living witness. But now that word that became too cliche-ish, that it's missing the substance. Oh, how can, Lord, help me, help me. It's just like somebody that was in the civil rights movement. Because I got to make it practical for some people. We can all scream, Black Lives Matter. We can all scream something that went, uh, that, that we read about or that we have heard about. But it hits different when you have a person that's from that era during the civil rights movement that actually see the progression of what they had put in and what they had went through, the persecution, the, 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 uh, the abuse that they went through, and now to see that a lot of the stuff had overcome. It, it, it hits different when you witness something versus you hearing something. When I say I'm a witness of Jesus, I just don't want to talk about it, but I want to witness what it means to be a witness of his awesome power. Yes, yes. Why, why am I going to live? Paul said, I don't want to labor in vain. Yeah. I don't want to be preaching 
in vain? I don't want to tell people I'm saved in vain. I want to live and experience what I am reading and preaching and teaching and saying. I want it to come alive. And the Bible says his promises are so good. God, I want to I want to have that relationship where I'm 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 experiencing the promises of God. And the way that I'm doing that is by allowing God to be God. I got to get out the way now. I got to get out the way. And I got to allow God to be God. So he can do the will. And he can do in me. That's how we allow God to do his will and to do it to his good pleasure. Saints of God, I want to encourage you. You can stand to your feet for those in the building. I want to encourage you to be a true witness of God. Don't don't just settle for for knowing that God loves you. God wants to do more than just love you. He wants to be housed in you. He wants to abide in you. He don't want what he did on the cross to be in vain. And I don't want to just serve God because I'm scared that I want to go to, I don't want to go to hell. Well, I tell you one thing, if you serve God and you begin to open up your heart to God, you you won't even be thinking about hell. Oh God, I wouldn't even be scared to die. Because I'll be like, you know what, God, whenever it's time for you to take me away, I know the hope and glory that I'm going to because I have enough revelation of your promise. I have experienced enough in you, God, to know that I'm at peace. Yes, God. And whatever it takes for me to share this message, I'm all in. I'm excited about it because you know what? It, it gives me motivation because it lets me know is this the day that the Lord has made? I shall rejoice because I have another opportunity to tell somebody about this goodness that I have experienced, that I have found, that I have received. Saints, if you don't have it like that, you're missing a big part of your salvation. You're missing it. So I come to tell you today, you can get that today. If you don't, if you don't see God in that way, where you reverence him, that it's not about being fearful, but it's about being sensitive to what God is saying to you every single day. I'm not talking about just on Sunday or just when you pray. I'm talking about when you're driving in your car. God will give you an idea. God will give you a thought. God will God. That thought would then become manifested and come alive. It makes your baby leap. And what I mean by baby leap, I'm talking about your spirit, man. It makes your spirit leap for joy because you get an excitement. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for this word. We, we thank you for 
allowing us to know that you are the one that's working the work in us. God, keep working in us. Do the work, God. Keep working in us. Allow your glory to be manifested and come alive to us so that way we can be true witnesses of you. We can be the representation and the ambassadors that you have called us to be, to be the light in darkness. Lord, we pray that we get this revelation, that we do not do it in vain. God, we pray for everybody that's here and everybody on social media land, that they get the revelation that it's time to do the work of God in this earth now. That we can no longer be on the sideline. We can no longer stand by. But we need to exercise our rights as a blood-bought believer to have dominion in this earth. To be a witness to the lost. To let somebody know that you are a saving God. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. You are a mind regulator. That you are everything that we would need. That you will make us complete and you will make us whole if we trust in you. If we depend on you. If we rely on you. If we have confidence in you. If our faith is in you. Yes. Hallelujah. You will do the work, God. Loose every saint that right now, God, that's that's struggling Lord. in the faith. Loose them right now, God. In the name, in the name of Jesus, Jesus set them free in their mind yes, to know that they are not at the end, that this is the beginning of what you called us to do as saints. Let us may be mounted up in you with wings like an eagle and yes. run and not be weary for every person that's weary in the Lord, faith. God, Lord, give Lord, us a second Lord. win. Give us a second wind to run the west. Revive us, God. Refresh us in your anointing. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Set us free, God. Yes, God. To know that we are more than conquerors. That we have not seen nothing yet. For those who are not saved, God. Let us be a light so that way they can say, God, I want to be saved. I want to be free. I want to be delivered. I want to give my life to you. For this is the will of the Father. This is his good pleasure. That all souls come to him and that he will lose not one. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, give God a hand. Praise You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.